You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. We go around the conference. Plenty of stuff to discuss as Dylan Brooks officially announced as an Auburn signee. Also, a quick recap of last night's SEC hoops and SEC baseball action. And we're going to talk all things SEC football with our buddy Carter the Power Bryant. We'll get his thoughts on our quarterback tiers in the SEC we released earlier this week. It's never too early to look ahead to another SEC football season. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free. Wherever you get your podcast, you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. Auburn football, they officially announced the arrival of linebacker Dylan Brooks via Twitter on Tuesday. Tennessee released their four-star linebacker signee from his obligation, making him free to attend any school he wanted. Auburn was an original finalist along with Alabama and LSU for the six-foot-five, 250-pounder out of Alabama High School. Brooks committed to Tennessee back in April and inked quietly during the early signing period in December. He was evaluated by 24-7 Sports National writer Charles Power, received an NFL comp to Denver Broncos defensive end Bradley Chubb, and a high ceiling projection by 24-7 Sports. So, be interesting to keep an eye on Dylan Brooks throughout his career, but Tennessee fans won't be very happy watching him over at Auburn. Over at Mizzou, during his first press conference of the spring, head coach Eli Drinkwitz outlined what he would like to see accomplished from his team in order for their program to achieve new levels of success. Number one, he said, we have three distinctive goals for our spring football practice. Number one is individual player development. Number two, we're going to lay the foundation for our offense, defense, and special teams, and we're not going to skip any of those steps. And then third, probably the most important, is continue to work on our team chemistry and camaraderie. We really need to develop leaders on our team, but develop that team chemistry so we're playing for each other. Again, that was from Coach Eli Drinkowitz talking with the media at the start of their spring practice. Over at Alabama, two months removed from knee surgery, Landon Dickerson already is pulling off some incredible moves. Matt Rea the program's director of sports science shared a pretty incredible video clip of the all-american lineman doing a split squat while standing on a couple of boxes the six foot six 325 pound landon dickerson of course had surgery on his knee following a season-ending injury suffered against florida in the sec title game back in mid-december pretty incredible video for a guy who suffered such a serious injury just two months ago Over in the state of Arkansas, four-star Arkansas lineman Andrew Chambly updated his recruitment, announcing his top schools. The six-foot-six, 284-pound offensive lineman announced his list of seven schools, and among the seven finalists, five come from the SEC. Arkansas, Auburn, Florida, Ole Miss, and Tennessee all made the cut, in addition to Michigan State, Penn State, out of the Big Ten. 
class of 2022 offensive tackle will continue to be highly sought after. We'll see if Arkansas and Sam Pittman end up nabbing him right out of uh, high school there in the state of Arkansas. Over at LSU, Coach Ed Ogeron reportedly has a new position to fill on his support staff down in Baton Rouge. That's according to the Athletics' Bruce Feldman. LSU analyst Aaron Schwanz is expected to accept a similar position with Washington. Quote, Washington is expected to hire Aaron Schwanz away from LSU. He'll be a defensive analyst for UW. Schwanz is a former linebackers coach at Southeastern Louisiana. Also, he is coached at Wisconsin. Feldman reported on Tuesday. Schwanz was hired by LSU this time last season after spending two years at Oregon. He also has experience as a special teams coordinator and linebacks coach for Southeastern Louisiana during his time at Wisconsin. Schwanz worked under former LSU defensive coordinator Dave Aranda, support Washington, Wisconsin native, and a graduate of Wisconsin Oshkosh. So a loss for LSU, but a gain for Washington. In SEC basketball action last night, a couple of blowouts early in the evening as Florida stomped all over Auburn, 74-57. to Trey Mann led the way for the Gators with 19 points and 13 boards in Florida. They improved to 8-5 in the SEC. Over in Athens, Georgia, they upset LSU 91-78. to Severe Wheeler led the dogs with 14 points 11 boards and 13 assists a pretty impressive triple double lsu they fall to nine and five in the conference while georgia they improved to seven and nine trying to get back to 500. over the baseball diamond a dominant night from the sec in some midweek action as tennessee they rolled arkansas pine bluff 21 to 1. kentucky beat miami of ohio 5 to 1. auburn beat up alabama and m 18 to 2. Alabama Crimson Tide, they beat Jacksonville State 5-2. Florida beat up North Florida 9-6. And South Carolina over Winthrop 12-4. Mississippi State, Jackson State, that game was postponed. And that was your SEC baseball action from last night. When we return, we're going to talk some SEC football with our buddy Carter, the Power Bryant. You know, earlier this week released our... SEC quarterback tiers. We're going to hit on some of that with Carter, get his thoughts on where some of the SEC quarterbacks rank as we look ahead to the 2021 season. Never too early for that. Have you had your Built Bar yet today? We tell you guys all of the time, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. 18 amazing flavors. They've got some that have nuts, some that don't. Six new flavors cookies and cream i tell you guys as much as often as i can it is my favorite 17 grams of protein packed in there only 130 calories four grams of sugar four grams net carbs it is such a healthier choice to make either post-workout or just looking for a late afternoon snack at your desk stay away from the potato chips and the cookies and everything else and grab a built bar. Built bar is great for the health conscious per- person, or if you're just looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built bars low in calorie, low in sugar, high in fiber, and high in protein. You need to go check them out right now at builtbar.com. And if you can find something you like, and I know you will, 
Well, before you hit that checkout button, make sure you use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Hey, get more of the sports news you need less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts a breakdown of the biggest stories in sports. Start your day with all the sports news you need. Under 20 minutes, subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. One guy I know who is always locked in when it comes to all things SEC, uh, SEC football, SEC baseball, SEC basketball, is our main man, Carter Bryant. You know him on Twitter, at Carter the Power, host of the Power Hour LSU on YouTube, but he's been covering the SEC for a long time, and he joins us now. Carter, what's going on, man? Man, Gordy, I wish I was you, man, enjoying some Astro spring training baseball. But <laughs> it's it's funny. This is like the dead period of SEC football. And I, I'm I'm kind of weird because I know when, when we were at LSU together, Chris, we would enjoy LSU baseball season. We'd enjoy it all. But as I've grown older, I just kind of cared less about college baseball and basketball. And I'm trying to figure out if we can get live cameras in on spring football i'm missing the season so much yeah well florida you know and, and dan mullen they actually start a little bit earlier than everybody they, they've been out on the practice field for a couple of days and it's funny carter you, you say that because I, i've been invested i watched a lot of the baseball games over the weekend i've been wa- getting more and more into the ba- the basketball games as the season winds down here we see how many sec teams would get into the tournament but I've been working on a piece since uh, the end of December, and I finally put it out this week, where basically I ranked all the 2021 SEC quarterbacks into separate tiers. And I wanted to run this by right. you because, I, you know, I, I did the elite, potentially elite tiers, then the, the guys who could be next level and all that. But in my potentially elite group at the top, I had three guys. I have George's JT Daniels, Ole Miss's Matt Corral, and I went back and forth on if I should include Miles Brennan or not because we don't know if he's going to start. But I put him in there just because of what we saw last year, you know, before he got hurt. He was throwing for 400 yards a game. Would you agree with those three guys being in that potential elite group? And is there anybody I'm missing? Because I didn't put Bryce Young or Emory Jones or those guys because we haven't seen it yet. They're good with a chance to be great. But I put at least the three guys that I think are elite right now. I think that's fine. I I would put JT Daniels clearly number one, mainly because we have a little bit of a track record and Georgia has clarity at their quarterback position. As much as we talk about Mac Jones, at least Nick Saban has some clarity with this quarterback position because it's pretty clear Bryce Young is going to be the starter. For LSU, it's weird because we don't know if Miles Brennan is for sure going to be the starter because Johnson had very impressive wins to close out the year. You know, it's it's strange because I'm going back and forth on Miles Brennan. In fact, on my LSU channel, I've devoted my entire week of content on Miles Brennan. 
I am learning more and more about his history, his story, the injury, the games that he did succeed in. And the tough thing we're going to have to come to discuss about Miles Brennan over the next few months, how much of his success was because of LSU playing three week teams, how much of his success was Eric Gilbert and Terrace Marshall, who won't be there next year. So it's kind of up in the air if Miles Brennan is going to be elite. What I will say, though, is Miles Brennan is such a talented vertical thrower of the football. And if LSU can protect him, there's no reason for him to not be close to all SEC, if not all American status. Let me ask you this, Carter, because I had a category of guys who, quote, showed signs and could take that next step. I had the truth, uh, a couple of freshmen in there with Connor Bazelak at Mizzou, Will Rogers, Mississippi State, Ken Seals at Vanderbilt. They were all freshmen and, and showed some signs. But the one guy that I'm really I'm optimistic on, and my Arkansas buddies are telling me they have high hopes for him, is K.J. Jefferson. Any chance the Razorbacks could be even better at the quarterback spot next year with K.J. as the full-time guy over what we saw last year in Felipe? It's kind of weird to say this because this has just not been a really strong position for Arkansas, but Arkansas's probably got the best set of wide receivers in the SEC led by Traylon Burke. So if they can get decent protection for K.J. Jefferson, there's no reason for him to not have a big season because he's got a few NFL targets working for him this year. So obviously, yeah, K.J. Jefferson can definitely take that next step. Him and Connor Bazelak probably had the SEC shootout of the year until uh, Mac Johnson and Matt Corral went head-to-head at the end there. And, of course, we had Matt Corral versus Mac Jones earlier in the year. But, you know, KJ could, could, could fling it out there. And on top of that, he is a more explosive runner than Felipe Frank. So KJ definitely has that ability. And one more thing, KJ has two years of starting experience, albeit just with one start, and both of those starts came on the road. It was on the road versus Missouri, and the year before, he had to go head-to-head versus Joe Burrow in Tiger Stadium. So lots of experience, and I think he could take that next step. I have a group called the Unknowns, but a chance to be great. So I'm going to ask you if if you had to buy stock in one of these guys, or, or really, I'll spin it as this, Carter. If I told you one of these guys was leading the SEC in passing next year, who would you take a chance on? Bryce Young at Alabama, Emory Jones at Florida, or Haynes King at Texas A&M? I'm going Bryce Young. I'm buying the hype, baby. Look, this guy was a real deal out in California, and he went up against some of the best competition in the country. And look, when he and DJ Uilangalale would have those high school showdowns out in California, you know, that was just as good as watching any SEC football game. I mean, they had some classic performances against each other, and I just think he's going to be really good. I mean, obviously Alabama loses arguably their best wide receiver ever, one of the best running backs in SEC history, and two players that were elite blockers in Leatherwood and Dixon, but you still get back Billingsley, and you still get back Mechie, and you still get back Slay Bolden. And outside of LSU, I, I really like Alabama's receiving class for 2021, probably the best. I mean, they're up there right with LSU with incoming talent. All Nick Saban needs is probably one, if not two, of those guys to step up. And a Jai Hall is someone to look out for there. So, yeah, I, I really do believe Bryce Young's going to be special. It might be 
year two, he gets into the Heisman conversation, but year one, there's no reason for him to not to, not to succeed. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football is over. College basketball is coming down to the wire. We got SEC hoops games tonight, and you want to make sure you are taking part in the action at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, they've got you covered for everything, not even just sports. They've got uh, award shows, TV shows, reality TV, NHL, if you're into that, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to their website right now at BetOnline.ag. You can do so on your tablet, your laptop, your mobile device, whatever it is. Sign up today, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. It's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, it's Wade and Ward Wednesdays on Locked On College Football. Hosts Andrew Wade and Josh Ward get you over the Wednesday hump as they discuss the biggest storylines across the nation and start our experts' look at the upcoming weekend of college football action. Subscribe to Locked On College Football wherever you get your podcasts. Continuing our conversation with Carter, the power, Bryant, of course, uh, talking all things SEC. He and I, minds alike this week, kind of looking ahead to next SEC football season. And we've been talking about the quarterback spot. Last thing on this, Carter, when I talk about the guys, I I made a category called guys who are going to have to beat out the competition. And there's four guys in this group. If you had to buy stock on one of these guys, tell me who it would be. Luke Doty at South Carolina, Joey Gatewood at Kentucky, Harrison Bailey at Tennessee, and I put, God love him, I put him in this category, Bo Nix at Auburn. I don't think anything's guaranteed with Bo being the guy at Auburn. I think the guy that that they're bringing in, the freshman Demetrius Davis out of Houston, can absolutely beat him out. But if you had to buy stock on one of Nix, Doty, Gatewood, or Bailey, who would it be? Man, Harrison Bailey was really put in some tough spots last year, being a true freshman starter. I don't think he was a year one guy. The same thing is true for Luke Doty. In fact, I don't think really any true freshman should start at quarterback. I, I'm a big believer in waiting your turn, which is why Bo Nix is such a fascinating case study. Because I think starting year one, day one, and his first ever game, he is beating Justin Herbert in a non-conference showdown two years ago. And I really think that stunted his development. And then you hire Chad Morris to be his offensive coordinator the next year. He returned his top two receivers. They got an extra option in Pegasus, the 380,000-pound tight end. (laughs) And they still couldn't really get anything going offensively. So Bo Nix out of that group is the most fascinating. But out of all of those, Doty is probably the best athlete. And I think it's a dual-threat option. Shane Beamer coming over from Oklahoma. I think Doty could definitely be one of these dual-threat guys that is just so tough to tackle when he's out in the open field. Yeah, it's it's it gives me hope for next year, Carter. Just throwing out all these names. Like, for years, the quarterback position was bad in the SEC. Like, we really struggled for years to find consistent play. When you go back just like 11 years ago, there were guys throwing for like 100 yards a game and winning games. And it's like, what has happened right. from then to now? But I think we're, at, we're at, a, at a different point in college football now where the SEC just has great quarterbacks all over. That said, 
I know we're in draft time now. I know you love the draft as much as I do, kind of watching prospects, watching film, and seeing guys' stock go up and down. One guy whose stock is seemingly getting higher and higher here uh, as we approach the draft is Mac Jones from Alabama. I'll just ask you very simply, is Mac Jones a starting quarterback in the NFL next year? I'm not year one. It obviously depends on where he goes. It, you know, a team could fall in love with anyone. You know, I'd stay away, though. Obviously, you know, you have one of the greatest SEC offensive lines we've ever seen, the greatest SEC wide receiver we've ever seen, one of the best running backs we've ever seen. So if you help up in the running game, well, the safeties have to play up, and we'll just throw it over the top. And remember, a lot of secondaries this year in the SEC were just depleted, and Mac Jones was a huge beneficiary of that, had the best play caller in the SEC, the best head coach we've arguably ever seen in any sport, really. So, yeah, I would stay away from Mac Jones just because all those things were going his way. And I know that's the common excuse, but in the NFL, it's simply just not like that. And, you know, I hate being basic, and I hate giving you basic analysis, <laughs> but that's why I would stay away from Mac Jones. And, you know, the same is kind of true for Kyle Trask. Even though his pass protection was spotty, you know, his skill position guys were just as talented, if not more talented, than Alabama's guys. So, look, I, I would stay away from those two as year one starters, maybe year two, year three development. But I'm telling you, I – I'm sorry. I, Justin Fields is my QB1. He, he simply is, and I understand. Well, he was in the great offense with the highest. I saw Justin Fields make stride after stride after stride as a starting quarterback, and he really showed me something in that Clemson college football semifinal. I think he's got the arm strength, he's dual threat. I think he is the next great starter out of any of these quarterbacks, and that includes Trevor Lawrence. Carter, a lot of SEC players projected to go top 10, top 12 in this draft. Of course, I think some of the mock drafts have 11 SEC players going in the first round. If I threw out the names of Jamar Chase, Aziz Ojolari, um, you know, just Devontae Smith, some of the guys who were ranked really high, Patrick Sertan, Kyle Pitts, who of that grouping of the former SEC players projected to go in the first round would you pin as can't miss? I'll give you two. And I go back and forth on this quite a bit because so much of it just depends on where you end up. I do believe in Jamar Chase, but I don't want to be LSU guy pumping up regular LSU guy. Uh, I'm going to go with Kyle Pitt. And look, the injury history is there. And he did play with a great quarterback, and he did play with a great coordinator. But the one thing I always ask people whenever they determine if a player is good or not, go spot all the plays that Kyle Pitts was able to make just because he is Kyle Pitts, and there's a lot of them. And what I mean by that is just not plays where he's wide open and anyone can throw him the football, plays where he is getting separation against lead defensive backs, plays where he's legit snatching the football over a defensive back. He just does it week in and week out. And, well, he can't really block all that well. So what? I mean, if you if he lands somewhere like San Francisco and he gets a very creative play caller like Kyle Shanahan, I would really like that landing spot for him, no matter who the quarterback is. So I think out of all these elite SEC guys, the guy I am most excited about is Kyle 
Yeah, I think I'm with you. And it's funny, one of the mock drafts I was just looking at have the Giants taking him. And it would be quite funny to go from, you know, Evan Ingram from Ole Miss as their go-to target in recent years to taking uh, Kyle Pitts. And then I saw the Cowboys projected to take Patrick Sertan. I'm like, oh, well, he can go pair up with Diggs there and have a trio yeah. of Alabama DBs out there. It's just really funny to see all the S- more, even more SEC guys expected to go in the first round this year. And, man, the NFL is filling up with them. Yeah, and look, I really like Landon Dickerson. Now, obviously the injury, we've got to keep an eye out for that. But I do think he's a great center. He's one of the best FPC centers I've ever seen. So I don't want the Bammers to say, look, you didn't give us enough love because we had all this great NFL <laughs> I love watching Landon Dickerson play tackle football. And I look, I know he's not a just – an original Bama recruit. He was a transfer from Florida State. But if he comes back from this injury healthy, I think he's a 10-year starter in the NFL. I love it. Carter, the power on Twitter. He is Carter Bryant, host of Power Hour LSU on YouTube. Uh, Let our listeners know what you got up on the uh, site right now. Man, uh, I'm telling you, I went deep into the Miles Brennan catalog, and I went back and watched each and every throw he made against Missouri. And, you know, it's weird, Chris. I, it, it's so tough in the SEC because it's so rare we get an elite team versus an elite team. You know, an LSU and a Florida, an LSU and an Alabama, or an Alabama and a Florida. But we don't have that sample from Miles Brennan. We don't have a start from him going up against Nick Saban or, or anyone like that. So I went back, rewatched every throw from the Missouri game, and I just want people's thoughts on it. I broke down every angle from it, so that's what's coming up on the channel this week. And as always, Chris, I appreciate you. Love it, Carter. Great stuff. Always good to catch up with you, man. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, for sure. All right, there he is, Carter Bryant, of course. Uh, Power Hour LSU on uh, YouTube, and you can follow him on Twitter, at Carter the Power. One of the best out there. He tells it like it is when it comes to the SEC and been covering a long time from uh, all ends of LSU and Arkansas to uh, all the SEC East teams, and it's always fun to catch up with him. And looking forward to seeing him in what will be just a couple of weeks away for SEC Media Days. Eh, it's February, still a little bit ways off, but July will get here sooner rather than later. That'll signal the start of yet another college football and SEC football season. Speaking of the SEC, we'll be back tomorrow talking all things locked on SEC. Plenty to recap on tomorrow's show. We'll get into a recap of tonight's uh, SEC basketball games and maybe looking ahead to a little bit of the SEC baseball slate coming up this weekend. I am Chris Gordy. This is Locked on SEC. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating if you can. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.